Hello and thank you for tuning into Sideline Story, your destination for sports news, analysis and discussions. I'm your host, Brandon Yates, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Fuyu and Tianyu. And today we will be talking once again about the resumption of the UEFA Champions League. And there have been some really, really exciting matches, some fantastic performances from a few of the major teams and a few surprises here and there as well. And we will delve into all of those matches as the pod progresses. But uh, for you, I'll start with you. Of course, there were some really exciting matches, um, you know, to take a look at in the yeah. past week or so. And I think, you know, there's no doubt that the Champions League is, well, arguably, but I, I think the, the most exciting club football competition, you know, not just in Europe, but in the world. But just in the last week or so, from your perspective, which matches were the most exciting and why? Um, if I have to pick one, the Liverpool-Real Madrid game was the most exciting, hands down. Simply from the score sheet, you can tell it's a match that's anything but boring. Um, I've now become, I, I don't want to say not interested in football because I still love the sport, but um, I'm now definitely less patient with the games as I was before. So um, I rarely watch a game for the full 90 minutes anymore. But goals in the Liverpool-Real Madrid game gave the game a healthy mixture of pace and intensity, which was very helpful when you're coming in at 5 a.m. I remember coming into the early shift on the day of that game. And the first thing that Tianyu told me, uh, because we were working the same shift, uh, the, the first thing that he said to me instead of our usual morning greetings, he, he just said 2-2 Real Madrid and Liverpool. And that already got me excited about the outcomes of that match. It was a bit of a surprise for me that it came to 5-2, but since it's Real Madrid and with their history in the Champions League, all things make sense. Um, Vinicius Jr. did some heavy damage of Liverpool's defense and um, Karim Benzema was on target twice. It, it doesn't really matter that Real Madrid were 2-0 down because, in my opinion, um, as long as Benzema is there, everything will be fine. And as long as Los Blancos are there, the Champions League will be fine. Um, Real Madrid is a force you can never dismiss in this competition. They've got that history. And like people in China say, they've got the Champions League gene. Um, so I, I believe, despite having to trail 2-0 at the beginning of that game, I believe they will go far in this campaign this season. Yeah, I think that particular match was just uh, an incredible example of the excitement that the UEFA Champions League brings to viewers on a, you know, on a yearly basis. I think, you know, just looking at a Liverpool side that are 2-0 up, I mean, against any opposition, you know, even if they are, you know, let's say 70 or 80 minutes remaining of the game, if they are, you know, a team like that at home are 2-0 up, you would never expect any sort of comeback. Um, of course, you know, maybe scoring a goal here or there or maybe even an equalizer is potentially something that could happen but to go from 2-0 to 5-2 I think that's only something that a team like you know Real Madrid can do on the Champions League stage mm, yeah and yeah it was just an incredible match I mean it was littered with errors um uh, particularly from goalkeepers of course and I think um <laughs> both teams can also admit that their defending wasn't the greatest but I think besides the errors that we saw just the general play from both teams actually, but particularly from Real Madrid, 
Madrid was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we will get to Real Madrid um, throughout the entire pod. But I think just looking at this particular match, um, I think their experienced players really shone through. Um, I think Luka Modric at the age of 37 doesn't seem to have lost any of his um, world-class ability at all, which is pretty incredible. Um, And he really dictated things in midfield. Benzema was classy as always. Vinicius is, you know, I think even from last season, but coming into this season in particular, he's really showing that he's probably one of the best, if not the best attacking players in the world right now. Their defense was also really solid. But I think particularly in this game, the talent of Real Madrid obviously shone through. But I just think Mm. the experience particularly of of Modric and Benzema, you know, two world-class talents that have done it on the UEFA Champions League stage on numerous occasions, really just proved, you know, why they have been so successful over so many seasons. Because to go to Anfield at 2-0 down and then still manage to score five goals is just... I can't think of any other team in the world that is capable of a performance like that. You know, yeah, yeah. experience I mean, is, did, yeah, yeah. Uh, experience is also something I was going to mention. Um, I think mm-hmm. is one key part of their success in the Champions League, regardless of how they're doing in their domestic league. I'll get into that later, but yeah, yeah. Um, experience and the team's confidence. I think those are very important things for Real Madrid in the Champions League. Yeah, they do. You know, I mean, like you said, we'll get into that um, uh, later on in the podcast. But I mean, it's it's crazy to think that Real Madrid are, I believe, eight points behind Barcelona in the La Liga table, um, and Barcelona, of course, playing in the in the Europa League. So it just really shows that Real Madrid are the kings of Europe, and they just mm. seem to really bring out their top performances from the Champions League. And I think, you know, having really experienced players like Modric and Benzema and, you know, other talents that are coming through, you know, for example, I mean, Vinicius Jr. also played a major role in, in that uh, performance. Um, uh, yeah, I think those are critical elements for, for, for Real Madrid's success. Yeah, yeah. and I think Barcelona's not playing in the Europa League anymore. Did they just crash well, out this yeah, morning? Yeah. Well, I mean, they, you know, <laughs> the fact that they were not even in the Champions League at this point in time and are eight points clear of Real Madrid and then Real Madrid develop, uh, delivers a performance like that. No, I mean, look, to be fair, against the struggling Liverpool side, it really has not been their greatest season, particularly domestically. Um, but yeah, I think just even if Liverpool are having a shocking season to be 2-0 down against Liverpool at Anfield, to get any sort of result against them, even if it was just a draw, is amazing. But to go yes. on to absolutely destroy them um, is pretty incredible. Um, but Tianyu, of course, you know, I think everyone this week will be talking about that 5-2 victory of Real Madrid against Liverpool. But were there any other really exciting matches that caught your eye this past week? Yeah, I think uh, the answer is pretty clear. Uh, the most exciting one last week was definitely going to be the rerun of last season's Champions League final, Liverpool versus Real Madrid. And, uh, you know, honestly, I knew the game would be pretty intense before it was played, but I didn't expect that there would be so much dra- uh, so much drama going on in the field. Uh, you earlier mentioned uh, the performance of the goalkeepers. You know, Chinese football fans have been joking about how Karim Benzema has the ability to make the goalkeepers of the opponent teams become silly and make some huge mistakes in the game, just like what happened in the 2018 UCL final when the then Liverpool goalkeeper Loris Karius made some blunders and cost them the game. And this time, it was not only the opponent team's goalkeeper, but also their own goalie that started to make some foolish mistakes. Uh, Courtois and Alisson, who are two of the world's greatest goalkeepers, 
both went wrong when handling the ball passed from their teammates, and that was really unusual as both of them seldom make such errors. And、uh, I guess the only thing that explains this is the magic of the Champions League.、Uh, so talking about the performance of the two teams in the game, all players of Real Madrid remained cool-headed when they were two goals behind, and they were doing pretty well in pressing the opponents、uh, when losing control of the ball. Brandon, just like you mentioned, I think we must give some applause to Luka, Luka Modric.、Uh, he's already 37 years old and is facing the end of his professional career. Yet he's still proving to be one of the best midfielders of the world with his amazing handling of the ball and tireless running in the game. And also the performance of Vinicius Junior is another highlight for the team. He's been improving quickly. His shooting has become more threatening now, and he's still got the amazing speed and great stamina. So I'm sure he will soon become one of the best world-class strikers. And when it comes to Liverpool, I would say their performance have also improved a lot compared with their previous matches.、Uh, you know, Henderson, Alexander Arnold,、uh, Mohamed Salah, and Darwin Nunez had some amazing chemical reactions and made some great passing combinations in the right wing. But the but their players on the whole have already lost the speed and energy they once had.、Uh, you know, their counter pressing was no longer threatening, and the finishing efficiency has also become weaker. And after gaining the lead in the first half, their strong momentum easily faded away when Real Madrid leveled the score. So、uh, overall, this was an amazing game. It seems that the result was already fixed, and、uh, the Reds are unlikely to advance into the next round. But just as Liverpool's head coach Jurgen Klopp says, the game has not ended, and they still need to gather steam to fight for a chance in the next game. I think Carlo thinks the tie is over. And I think it as well, in the moment. But in three weeks, so it is in these moments. The closer you get to the game, the bigger our chances become, and the, the, the lesser likely it is that the tie is over. But tonight, tonight with the five-two, and you see the game, and it's like,、um, oh,、uh, they are pretty good in counter-attacking. We have to score their three goals, so take some risk. That could be a bit tricky. But it's really not not even in my mind. So we go there. I can say that you now already and try to win the game. Yeah, you know, I think like we said, the Liverpool team, you know, performed relatively well in the first half. But then, yeah, they just came undone from Real Madrid's brilliance. And look, we've spoken about Benzema, Modric, Vinicius Junior. But I think there's been a couple of other, you know, incomings and performances from、uh, Real Madrid in the last couple of games, and just in this season in particular, and in the Champions League in particular, that also deserve a lot of credit. That you know, have kind of flown under the radar, but have really stepped up. I think of the likes of Valverde. I mean, you know, when the likes of、uh, Cruz isn't playing, and when Casemiro left, I think that people expected there to be massive gaps in midfield, and I also, I mean, obviously people weren't expecting Modric to be performing at, at such a high level, but I think Valverde and even Kamavinga, I think, have been really、yeah. impressive in midfield, and then Rudiger and Militao at the back have also been really impressive. I think, I think those would have been two fantastic signings, and I think、um, the Militao header、um, for his goal was really fantastic, and and I think he's proven to be. A really exceptional defender, and he's probably、sure. one of their most improved players, I would say, over the last season or so. So, a really impressive performance from Real Madrid. I mean, like Klopp says, you know, the 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 game isn't over, but it's highly unlikely that Liverpool can come back from that. But with that being said, you know, it was also highly unlikely that Real Madrid were going to come back from two nil down. So, I think that、um, that second game will be very very exciting to watch indeed.
But staying with Real Madrid, as we know, they are the undoubted kings of the UEFA Champions League tournament. I believe they've won, I think it's 14 titles, if I'm not mistaken, um, and just so mm. many more than any other team around them. Um, but for you, in your opinion, what do you think makes Real Madrid such a force in the Champions League, even when they are struggling in La Liga? Uh, I think on top of Real Madrid already being a club that has established it, established itself as a powerhouse, they have also become very comfortable about their campaigns in the Champions League. Um, they've got a coach, Carlo Ancelotti, who is very familiar with the team and competition. And they've also got many players on the current squad who are experienced Champions League winners. Like um, the names you've mentioned, Luka Modric, Karim Benzema and also Tony Cruz, who didn't even play in this week's game. And after what what they went through last season, coming back from the brink of exit three times in a row, Real Madrid have very high confidence and self-esteem, which I think can be even more important than the quality of the squad. And they don't lack quality either. Mental strength is a big thing in sports. And in my opinion, the hardest to obtain or improve. So when everything comes together, it's not so hard to understand why they're doing so well. And they also have the service of what Chinese people call big occasion guys. Um, when you put it in a sports contest, it, context, it means um, those players who always step up to save the team in crunch time, like Karim Benzema last season. And um, in this game, against Liverpool or Real Madrid's past games against Liverpool, Vinicius Jr. is be beginning to look like a big occasion guy. Um, he never does so well facing other teams than he was facing Liverpool. So he's the player who has scored the most goals against Liverpool in Champions League history. So he may inflict even more damage and um, put even more pressure in future games between the two teams. Yeah, I think it's a combination of a couple of factors. You know, I think experience is obviously crucial. Like you mentioned, a couple of players there that have such incredible pedigree in the Champions League and, of course, have been so successful. I think a couple of them have four or five UEFA Champions League titles, which is just unheard of in the co competition's history. Um, talent obviously plays a role and mental strength. But yeah, I think there's also just this confidence um, that emanates amongst the Real Madrid squad year after year, but particularly in the last decade or so. And there's, you know, a couple of players that have signed for Real Madrid have also said in press conferences that when they do sign for Real Madrid, there is really pressure put onto them every time the Champions League comes around. You know, whoever the manager is, um, there just seems to be this message from the Real Madrid board, the Real Madrid players, the fans, um, and the manager that, that, that says, look, this competition is our competition. We are the kings of this competition. So every season we are expected to win, no matter what we're doing in La Liga, mm -hmm. no matter who's in our squad. When we play the Champions League, we are the favourites. You know, they aren't necessarily the favourites on paper, but they believe they are favourites. They go into the competition believing that it is theirs to win mm. and that they deserve to win. So I think having that confidence and that self-belief is also a massive, massive factor combined with, you know, experienced players in key positions yeah. and through emergent, emerging talents, like we've mentioned, the likes of Vinicius, Valverde, Camavinga, etc. So... Yeah, it's but in the previous seasons that it's, we've seen. it's the good kind of pressure. It um, it propels them, exactly. it motivates them to move forward and turn things around, no matter how bad um, it looks mm. for them. Um, instead of being the the bad kind of pressure, which breaks down the squad and destroys their their mentality. 
Yeah, I think some clubs also put similar levels on, of pressure on themselves, but it seems like Real Madrid deal with it in a more positive way than most do. I think that they use that pressure to give themselves confidence, like you said, and just have that belief that no matter what is happening on the pitch, that they can come back. Or even if they are facing a team that is potentially stronger on paper, they still seem to believe that they can just defeat any side. And I think that mental fortitude and strength is very, very important for Real Madrid's success. Um, a couple of other massive teams are performing really well in the UEFA Champions League so far this season. And I think one team that uh, many people mention at the beginning of ever of every UEFA Champions League season, of course, with a couple of other teams, but this name always seems to come up really often, just I think because of their manager and just the success that they've had in the domestic league and the players that they have. Of course, I'm talking about Manchester City. And um, yeah, they secured a 1-1 draw against Leipzig this past week, and it was a relatively good performance from Manchester City. I think they've been quite wasteful in front of goal, um, not just in the Champions League, but even in the Premier League as well. For some reason, they've been playing really, really, really well, but not really finishing off um, so many of the chances they are creating. Um, but Tianyu, do you think that Manchester City have the chance to win the UEFA Champions League title this season? And what did you think of their performance against Leipzig? And are there any other teams that you can think of at this point in time that could be the favourites, along with you know the likes of Manchester City and Real Madrid, to go on and win the entire competition this season? Uh, well, Fu Yu earlier mentioned in the last episode that Pep Guardiola has been known for his sub stubbornness. And this time, I think he has proved it again in the match against <laughs> RB Leipzig by making no substitutions for the whole game. So even when Erling Haaland was not performing that well, he chose to stick with his choice and didn't give Alvarez and or Phil Foden a chance. Uh, they were actually doing great in the first half. As always, they were playing in the traditional city way by dominating the ball and having over 70% of possession. But Leipzig was the better team in the second half. You know, they were pressing hard with speed and energy. And Joshko Vardio's performance was definitely MVP level. He did an amazing job in limiting Erling Haaland and scored the equalizer himself. So I think uh, City needs to deal with the lack of uh, attacking efficiency, just like you mentioned, during the time that Kevin De Bruyne was injured. Without uh, De Bruyne, there, there was no one in the team that can perfectly connect the midfield and the attacking line and pass so many threatening balls. And also, I think that was uh, the reason why Erling Haaland is experiencing a dry spell of goals. So uh, Guardiola needs to think of a way that to, to handle the efficiency problem, which is the most urgent issue for him. And I think they still have a fair chance of advancing into the next round and even winning the title, because after all, they have better players than Leipzig does overall. But we also need to note that uh, Leipzig also had some injuries. You know, Nkaku is uh, still recovering. If Leipzig overcame City in the next game, it would be the largest upset in this season, which is also very likely to happen. So I think when the game returns to England, it would be a pretty amazing match to watch. Yeah, it should be interesting to see that return match. But yeah, I think a huge problem for Manchester City in that particular game, like you said, was um, De Bruyne missing. I think that they are a really different side when he's not playing. And I think that he has a huge impact on Erling Haaland's game. But yeah, I think in this particular game, I think, you know, Pep Guardiola's stubbornness, I think, also led to the downfall of City in this game. I think um, not making a substitution, I think, was inexcusable. I think 
particularly when Leipzig scored an equalizing goal, I think bringing on impact players, you know, the likes of Alvarez or Phil Foden, I think could have made a huge impact on this game. So unfortunately, you know, he does have a lot of questions to answer, but because of his past success, um, you know, he doesn't really answer to anybody except himself. So I hope he looks at, you know, well, for Manchester City's sake, you know, being a Man United fan, I don't really care if City <laughs> succeeds or not. Um, but yeah, I think just for City's sake, I think that he needs to look at that and, you know, analyze why he didn't make a substitution and realize that at some time, you know, sometimes alterations are needed. Um, and I think in that particular game, it was required. But yeah, I think in the return leg, it should be very interesting to watch. But yeah, I still think City would be the favorites. Um, for you, what did you think of City's performance in that particular game? And do you think that they've still got a good chance to win the title this season? And are there any other favorites amongst City and Real Madrid that could also go on and win it? Yes, um, unlike what Tianyu said, that um, Leipzig will very likely upset City in the return leg, I think um, in the end it'll still be City who progress will progress from this tie. Um, in this first leg, City were clearly better in the first half, but were less inspired after the break. Uh, less inspired is to put it very mild mildly. And they are a team with the capabilities to win the title. That's um, that's. I think we we've all agreed on that. But with the way they were playing this week, they can't win the Champions League. Um, Guardiola did not make one substitution, and he defended his his decision, saying that he liked what he saw after the Leipzig equalizer. I think making substitutes before the equalizer when City players did not seem to know what to do in the second half could have also been a choice because they needed someone from the bench to change the energy on the pitch at that time. Um, Guardiola did say he makes decisions based on his instinct, but that instinct sometimes either surprise us or leaves us confused. I think in the return leg, he needs to get the clockwork in his head spin faster to secure progression from the round of 16 first before he um, takes more time to think about how they're going to do it next time in the quarterfinals. Uh, this Champions League tie, which is split into two legs in, or you can say two halves, gives players or managers the chance to make mistakes. Um, like in tennis, when you're serving, you can be a bit adventurous with your first serve. And if that doesn't go through well, you've, you've still got a second chance to, to break or to save. And um, I, I think it's similar in football, um, especially with Guardiola, who is very stubborn. And I do agree with what you just said, Brendan. He doesn't answer to anyone but himself. And he can be a very whimsical person. You never know what comes into his head. Um, he can change his decision uh, based on what comes into his head in the middle of the game. But um, I think after this one-all draw with Leipzig and uh, with away goals, not a thing in the Champions League anymore. He will be more cautious in the next leg. And 
Um, I also doubt if the absence of Kevin De Bruyne also had an impact on his decision making or on the mentality of the players,、um, because Tianyu did say that he is an important player in the midfield, and without him, without this link, there's no effective connection between players on all sides. So I think. City definitely have a lot more work to do, and I just hope Guardiola will keep things together in the return leg. I really like him both as a person and as a professional football manager. So I think he will finally have the chance to lead City to that Champions League title that he's been waiting for for so long. Yeah, I think they still definitely have a great chance. I think that, but I think that their potential success and progression definitely hinders on the likes of Pep Guardiola's decision making, the impact of Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I think those are going to be critical critical factors to make them favourites among the likes of Real Madrid and potentially the the, the winners of the PSG Bayern Munich clash. Um. So yeah. So there's still plenty of exciting UEFA Champions League action to come our way. But that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Sideline Story. Thank you so much for joining us, and of course, we will be back next week with our latest topic, and we'll see you then.